Hello and welcome to the Blessed Life Podcast, where a new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening. I'm Pastor Eric. Before we jump into our content today, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Just so you are aware, we're in the process now of transitioning our podcast, which hosts our sermons and our discipleship content in one podcast. That's now being transitioned to two podcasts. So our sermons are going to be held on what is currently the New Life Lutheran podcast. And though that is going to become only sermon archives. So that'll be only the audio from our sermons. And we have launched the Blessed Life podcast and are currently moving all of our discipleship content from the New Life Lutheran podcast over to that. And these episodes will be posted on that uh, on the Blessed Life podcast once we get caught up to that. So what I want you to do if you're a subscriber to the New Life Lutheran podcast, search the Blessed Life podcast on the App Store, or excuse me, on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play Podcasts, on iHeartRadio or Podbean, and you can be subscribed to the Blessed Life podcast and to the New Life Lutheran Sermons podcast. That way you can be caught up with everything. But there's a better way to stay up to date on our podcast, and that's through the New Life Lutheran app, which will host both the sermons, the audio sermons, along with our live stream and video sermons, as well as discipleship content for our life groups and uh, for personal devotions, including our podcasts and Bible reading plans and prayer requests and all that business. So look up the New Life Lutheran Church in your app store or the Google Play Store, and you can get access to all of our sermons uh, video and audio to the Blessed Life podcast to some uh, content for uh, Bible reading plans and that kind of stuff. And that'll be updated on a regular basis. And uh, and that's going to be the best way to get connected. Uh, we've worked really hard over the last year and a half, two years to get that launched. So go ahead and go to the App Store, Google Play Store, download that, and you can stay up to date on all of that. But now that we can jump into our content, I'm joined once again with Mr. Dan Jeffrey. Dan, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, Eric. How are you, brother? I'm doing fantastic. Today, we are going to be discussing um, fatherhood and mentorship. Uh, and this is really important conversation for Dan and I. Uh, we both have men who have been important mentors in our lives, and our fathers are really important to us. And uh, But here at the top, Dan, I wanted to ask you a question. We lumped these two things together. And can you uh, help our listeners understand why we lumped fatherhood and mentorship together how they're the how they're the same and how they're distinct of course yeah so in talking about this um eric and i have just seen so many similarities and and a big part of why we're lumping fatherhood and male mentorship together um is in our nation we have a large uh, population of young people that are in a single parent home and a lot of them without dads. And so we don't want to alienate those children. We, as Christian men, are called to look after the widow and the orphan. And we understand that nothing can quite replace a father's love and that relationship with a father. But in encouraging Christian men, to be everything that God made them to be, part of that is going to be a mentor in the life of someone else. The other reason that we, uh, uh, instead of separating these, have these lumped together, is we're in agreement on this, Eric. I believe that 
while we need our fathers, while that relationship is vitally important to develop as a young man, to develop as, as, as a boy and as a grown man, there needs to be more than one voice in that table. And that having good male mentors is something that is uh, very important. And they serve a very similar role to that of fathers in the sense that they teach us how to be men. They set an example for us. Um, probably the best way I, I would describe it is a mentor and a father have this close, intimate, personal relationship with an individual that's not a friend. Is, mm -hmm. is There's more to it than that. And, and so we need to have that mindset is I can be friends with a lot of people, but I can only be, I'm only a father to Shiloh and Judah. I'm only a male mentor to a handful of uh, yeah. uh, guys. The big difference that I think is very important for us to acknowledge is that in Scripture, God, um, who is, you said uh, last week, Eric, is spirit. He's not a man, he's not a woman, but he's God, is that God has chosen to describe himself as our Heavenly Father. Yeah. And so because of that, and, and because of how he describes himself, how he's created us to view him in that, the impact that a father has on a child's life is very unique yeah. and very profound because the way we treat our children, the relationship that we cultivate with them is going to be reflected in the way they view God and their relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Um you know, and, and you don't hear the term mentor issues all that often, yeah. uh, but maybe we should. But but we hear the term daddy issues all the time. And so while a male mentor plays a vital role in the development of young men, um, there is something distinctly unique about the God-given, God-created relationship between a father and son, father and daughter, that, that we don't want to ignore, but we want to honor and so in lumping these together, it's not to take anything away from that. It's, it's to cast our net wide mm -hmm. so as to avoid any, any children falling out of that net. Yeah, I think that was, that was really well said, Dan. Yeah, so fathers obviously play the central role as a male figure in a young person's life, especially in a boy's life. The father is the, the central male figure that they that a boy looks up to that a boy interacts with that a boy learns from but these other relationships with older men are still important and i and i would say necessary i would say uh -huh. needed and i think that if you really if you talk to any healthy mature you know integrated man um they've had mentors in their life that aren't their fathers uh because the fathers are central they're necessary they're vital they do a lot of good things, um, you know, but there needs to be more than one male voice because sometimes mm -hmm. it's hard for us to listen to our fathers where, you know, we're hard hearted toward our fathers. We're hard headed toward our fathers, um, but also to get a different perspective, right? Mm -hmm. That it really does take a village to grow um, a young, a young boy. And, and I think, I mean, if you look in scripture, uh, look at other cultures, every culture has had mentors, as an as an important part of a boy's life, and we uh, and we have that in the Christian world too, but we call them Godfathers. That that's essentially oh, what that yeah. role is. That hey, this you know this person, this Godfather, this Godmother, you know, in this case, uh, they're going to be the mentor to this young person. They're going to uh, be that spiritual 
uh, guide for this young person to look after them uh, that's going to be outside of their parents. So kind of this immediate influence outside of the parents. So I think mentors are really, really important. Um, and, and fathers obviously are really, really important uh, as well. But yeah, you're right. As we were kind of working on this and thinking about this and talking about this, what we're going to see and what I think we see is that a lot of the same benefits that we get from fathers, we also get from mentors. As, as young boys grow up into young men, uh, we, we get a lot of the same benefits from both fathers and mentors. They're just distinct relationships. So so that's why we kind of, that's why we brought them together because, yeah, we wanted to cast this wide net. Um, you know, and obviously not every man's going to be a father, but every man can be a mentor, right? Because you don't, you know, if you can't biologically have kids or if you never get married, uh, you know, you can still be a mentor to people. You can mm-hmm. still play that father figure role, even outside of um, having a, an actual family of your own. So, so again, you know, this male, this older, wise male figure is just vitally important to young people. Men and let's talk about why it's vitally important to young men. Uh, right now, there is a lack. You kind of hinted at it. There's a lack of fatherhood, and I would say a lack of mentorship in our society. And we have this rise of single parent homes, single parent families, and the vast majority of those single parent families, the mother is in the home, and the father is gone. And so let's talk about what happens when there's a lack of fatherhood and what. What are some of the things that go into that? Why the fathers are gone? Um, why they're absent? And uh, what negative impact that has on kids? Yeah, I it's something I saw a lot um, as a youth pastor. As I talked about last week with the youth group, I had um, a lot of at-risk teens, you know, and that's really what we targeted. And one of the big indicators for um, you know substance abuse for engaging in sexual activity at younger and younger ages um, and for uh, poor performance in school and criminal behavior is a lack of the father in the home. And from my experience working with young men in those situations, you know, part of it is, and, and this may sound a little bit like a cop out, and this is, I say this in no way to demean the amazing hard work that single moms do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is I, I've got buddies um, that grew up in single mom homes with amazing mothers um, that did a great job raising them. I, I've got friends that are single moms that work incredibly hard. Um, and so this isn't to take away any of that, but there is a level where, um, you know, it takes a man to raise a man. You know, and like we talked about last week, that we have a lot of boys walking around in full-grown men bodies. And I think some of that comes from not having an example of what a man is. And so you get, you know, projections uh, from the media, from social media, um, from movies and music and all this stuff of what a man is. And and, um, especially within the secular community, there, there can be some good stuff, some good values, but, but there's a lot of it that's not in keeping with um, uh, Scripture and in keeping with you know the life and example of Jesus. I also think, um, in my experience, a lot of kids that grow up in you know a home without a father, they they have a lot of fear and anxiety. 
that is um, avoidable. You know, a lot of people deal with fear and anxiety. We all do on some level, but um, I think having a dad in the home provides a real sense of security, um, whether that be physical or financial, um, which obviously kids aren't worried about the financials. They're worried about the impact of that. But if, if dad's in the home working hard, and especially if mom's working hard too, there's there's typically less fear of where are we going to sleep tonight? Are we going to mm. eat? Um and I even see that uh, with my own children, you know, is I, I tell people if if my four-year-old is sick or doesn't feel good or gets hurt or something, she wants mom. But when she's scared, she wants me. And, yeah. and there's a sense of security there. And, you know, I had a conversation with a buddy a few years ago um, who grew up. Dad wasn't in the picture most of the time for, for a variety of not not noble reasons. And he, he finally opened up to me and, and talked about how he was jealous of me and some of our friends having a dad in the home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he was blessed with, with some mentors that, that are still there, including my father. But, you know, not having that example, not having someone you can go talk to about things just makes it incredibly difficult. And, and it can lead to a lot of um, self-loathing and self-reliance and and those are things that um self-loathing is never a good thing and self-reliance you know isn't in keeping with scripture as our reliance is upon god we don't pull ourselves up by our bootstraps god picks us up um and so i i think that there's just so many different negative consequences to not having a father in the home and then there's uh, a lot of negative consequences of having an absent father or having you know just let's let's call a spade a spade a bad father in the home um and there's a lot of damage and 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 in those situations what's needed is a good healthy mature mentor to help work through those things um and so in some level it's probably never fully taking the place but stepping into that role and helping young men grow and heal and you know become helping them on their walk to becoming the man god made them to be yeah that's all so good you you identified that anxiety and depression some of these mental health issues i think that you're right can be rightly attributed to dysfunctional relationships with parents you know that trauma Mm -hmm. that is placed on a child early on i think that that leads ultimately leads to uh, a lot of pretty severe issues and in, in some of the ones that you mentioned, I, I think that just, I mean, just in all honesty, you know, we see this, uh, I don't, I don't know what else to call it. Um, this epidemic of fatherlessness in uh, poor neighborhoods. And I think that does lead to gang violence because you have, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have a sense of identity because you don't have a father and, and mothers are amazing and they're necessary and they do so many good things in development, but they can't do everything, you know, it's so you just it's unfair to expect a mother to be able to do everything um, when it comes to the development of a child. And I think some things with identity uh, are mm-hmm. are really important for young people with their fathers. Um, and, and here's the here's another thing that I think is that fathers give is their first. I think it's a child's first understanding of being chosen uh, mm. by somebody because. You know, my, you know, for example, with my two boys, um, my wife, she, 
gave birth to them. She breastfed them. In, in many ways, you know, in, in many ways, she's God to them, right? Like in many ways, mm-hmm. they just she gives them what they need. She gives mm-hmm. them all all the sustenance that they need. She's always there for them. Um, and I'm early on, especially with little kids, you know, and I'm sure that you felt this, Dan, with your with your kids. You're just kind of the person that lives with mom. You know, at first, when they're especially when they're really little, you're just the other person there. And uh, and so it's kind of the first time when the father is uh, unconditional in their love and is gentle with them and is patient with them. Uh, that's the first time they feel chosen. And that mm-hmm. sets them up to understand that they're chosen by God. And mm-hmm. so the fact that they lose that chosenness in their life and that, you know, that blessing of a father um, – because you kind of expect it; it's taken for granted um, by from from your mother, um, you know. But your dad's the first person to it, which is why. If I mean, would, you know, you said bad dads. I think that's exactly right, and I think that that has a whole. There's a plethora of ways that a, a father can be a bad father, and can mm-hmm. cause dysfunction. Not just being absent, but mm-hmm. I think uh, dads focusing on their career, just spending too much time at their job. I think that creates father wounds. I think that creates mm-hmm. issues, father issues. Um, I think that that dads, uh, and this is something that, that a lot of fathers fall into, um, just being escapist, trying, you know, just, just spending more time, uh, trying to escape from their families by looking at their phones or by playing video games or by taking up all these hobbies and just not being around with their kids or engaged with their kids, you know, that can create all of these same issues. And those are all ways that that there's a lack of fatherhood in our culture and it it instills early on in these kids anxiety and it instills early on Mm -hmm. in these kids uncertainty and that ultimately leads to all sorts of things including um, violence including dysfunctional relationships down the road um, including dysfunctional relationships with uh, substances and that kind of stuff i think that it just opens up the door to all of those unhealthy things yeah yeah 100 percent and you know um uh, I'm glad I used bad dads. Is is uh, I'm very passionate about being a father. I love my children very, uh, very, very much, and and I've been around enough people with absent dads that that I could use some more colorful language in describing that. But <laughs> I I won't at this time. Um, Lord give me grace. But that's that's you're spot on there, and you know I think so. Oftentimes we equate. Um, Poor parenting, being being a poor dad, is is being some form of uh, abusive father. Right. Whether you know that's that's emotional or physical or God forbid sexual, and one hundred percent, that's that's evil. That's that's wrong. You know, is that's that's not bad. That's evil. But there's so many ways as fathers that that even if we're do, a good dad there's ways we can be better being present you know um with with you know if if you're a workaholic you know neglecting your kids even if you have noble reasons for it they're they're going to seek out your attention um in in different ways that aren't healthy whether that's through you know acting out and getting in trouble because you know um you may be mad at them but at least you're looking at them and talking to them to you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, overachievers that that set these unrealistic expectations, and that if they if they don't perform, they don't they're they're not going to receive love. Um, 
Right. And and so it's it's so important that that we take it seriously as men, as as dads, as mentors. That it's it's not something you know nilly willy and and the corny saying you know, um, you know anyone can uh, any guy can become a dad, but it takes a real man to become a father, mm. you know, and and it's stepping up to the plate, and there's so many distractions and the escapism you talk about I think is something that is really easy for us to justify. Yeah. We're stressed. We work hard. You know, I don't hit my kids. You know, <laughs> um, I don't yell at them. Stuff like that. I just need you know this space. And yes, there is a healthy amount of uh, time that that is men we need, and we will be better dads because of it. But there's also the level where it's it's just avoiding them, yeah. where where it's it's avoiding the responsibility and using our kids as an excuse. Um, uh, again, you know, my, my term, I think, for this is going to be call a spade a spade, calling a spade a spade, um, to, to just be lazy and be yeah. selfish. Yeah. And, and and the example we have from God is, is the exact opposite of him as a father. Is he selfless, not selfish? And the anxiety, especially in the age we live in with social media where anxiety and depression in young people is, is higher than it's ever been in the history of the world. Um, I, I think having an active uh, father, mentor, um, can alleviate a lot of that, where if that's not there, um, it, it, it's just going to increase that anxiety. Oh, yeah. and, and, and anxiety, having dealt with it myself, you know, clinically diagnosed anxiety for a period of time. Um, uh, that that's just awful, and, and I, I don't want it for me. I don't want it for anyone, especially young people. Yeah, I don't want to hammer on this point too much because uh, I think it's just going to be adding adding guilt and shame. Um, it might add guilt and shame onto those who are listening, but it's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough for a father to just be around some of the time. And it's not enough for the father to uh, escape from their family by means of working too much or whatever it is, video games or Hobbies. looking at their phone. Like, like your kids really, really need you to be present. And and it's hard. It's hard to, to work all day to like be using your, you know, if, if you're using your hands all day or if you're using your head all day and you're just you're dealing with things and you're stressed at work and you come home. It's hard to engage with your kids. It's hard to have all that emotional – it's hard to have your emotional bank account filled up enough to pour into your kids like that. But you, you've got to do it. You've got to find the ways to make that happen. And it's cowardly to use your work or to use your play as a way to avoid being around your kids. Like I yeah. know that it's hard. I know like, – like it's hard for me to be around my kids even just the few hours in the afternoon and evening that I'm around them consistently. Like, like I get to the end of the day when they go down to, to bed and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that it's seven thirty eight o'clock. You know, I'm so grateful that they're asleep because I'm tired and I don't have enough. I don't have enough juice to keep engaging with them and playing with them and doing that. Um, and, and so we need to have those healthy patterns of being able to get away having you know my wife and i we do we do our alone time every week where we have an hour and a half 
and it's you know I get an hour and a half uh, on my one of my days off that I can just go and do whatever I want. And so oftentimes it's going and reading. Um, oftentimes it's just going for a drive, and it's just thinking and praying. Um, and she gets the same thing most time when she gets her hour and a half, she goes shopping. <laughs> but we just haven't built that in because we know that we need time alone to be away from the kids. And so you just have to you you have to be intentional about building that time in because you avoiding your kids by working seventy hours a week, you avoiding your kids by even if you're working sixty hours a week, you avoiding your kids by you know playing video games or you know working on your your uh, your hobbies like you're damaging your kids like you're traumatizing your kids by doing that, and you've got to take responsibility for that. Yeah, and I I want to you know just kind of harp on what you said there eric about uh it not being about guilt or shame you know um all the dads all the mentors that are listening to this right now you know none of us are perfect and you know um both eric and i know how hard um how hard it is to be a dad and and if you're out there, if you're doing your best, you know, there's absolutely no shame in that, you know. And, and if you're listening to this because you want to get better, hey, I commend you. Is is way to go, Dad. You're doing the right thing. Now, now, if you're being a loser, Dad, I, I, I hope you have a good, good <laughs> amount of guilt right now and you get on your knees and, and ask the Lord to help you because it's time to man up, man. It's, it's, it's time to put your big boy pants on and, and be the dad that God made you to be. Um, and one of the things that helps me with this, Eric, and this is something um, with, with my son, just in the past five months of having him and, and coming out of a dark season in life and having a real change in perspective over the past, you know, uh, 15 months. One of the things that I tell myself when I'm really struggling, you know, if you know, long day of work, come home, and, and Judah, my son, just won't go to sleep and's crying. Um, I ask myself, where else would I rather be? You mm-hmm. know, would would I rather be in a situation where I don't have my son? I don't have to put the sleeping baby to bed. I, I maybe there's someone else in my place. Maybe I just don't. I'm not a dad, and 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 it centers me, and it reminds me of the blessing that my son is. That this sucks. This sucks. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. And, and I'm annoyed with with my baby, as bad as that may sound. But would I rather someone else be rocking my son to sleep right now? And, and at least for me, the answer is no. And, and that helps me have perspective of it, there's no other place you'd rather be. You know, it's, it's an honor. It's a privilege to to be in that place in a young person's life and and we need to treat it as such mm-hmm. you know i think i think with being a dad with being a mentor it, it can become so routine that that we fail to realize or or we just forget just just how special it is and so so to you dads out there doing your best you know imperfectly getting through each day you know, keep going and listen, because because hopefully you can find some wisdom in this that'll help you. And and again, I'm going to use the same term. If you're just being a loser, dad, and and you know it, come mm-hmm. on. We're and 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 I say that because I'm cheering for you. Mm-hmm. Step up, be be a man, and and you have no idea the blessing to your life it'll be, let alone to your children. 
Yeah, that's really good. The way that I process those those same emotions, uh, and I have two boys, uh, three and a half and two. He's actually at, at this recording as we record this. He's turning two tomorrow. Um, so yeah, so um, so I have two boys, and what I have to remind myself is that by my when I do not react in a way that is um, if I react in a way that gets them to just stop the behavior or to shut up, um, if that's my goal, I'm causing them harm. And I may not be like hurting them right now uh, mentally or emotionally, but I'm, I'm causing them harm later. Like I'm creating trauma in their life and I'm training them in a particular way to think about how they're expressing their emotions and how they're working through their emotions. And so I have to remind myself like, my actions now are making them better later. Uh, the way that I react now is going to make them better or worse later. It's going to make them, uh, it's going to make them more healthy or less healthy later. And that's how I have to think about it. It's like, it's like, okay, no, if I can, if I can stay calm in this situation and if I can, uh, respond to them with grace and I can, and I can teach them, uh, instead of just trying to, to stop a behavior, you know, if I can, if I can use this as a learning opportunity, if I can engage with them and connect with them in a meaningful way, uh, you know, if they know that I love them and I can show them that this is, this is, uh, not a proper way to behave, then I've won that battle and I've also made them healthier down the line. Um, so that's how I have to think about it. It's almost like, yeah, it's almost like investment, right? <laughs> almost like, like every time you treat your child impatiently or you're overbearing on your child, you're like taking out debt. You're yeah. taking out debt on them. And you may not have to pay on that debt tomorrow. You may not have to pay on that debt next week. But when they become teenagers and older, you'll have to pay on that debt because you're going to have to deal with all their dysfunction. You're going to have to deal with their dysfunction as adults. You're going to have to deal with their dysfunction with their kids it, like you're going to have to pay on that debt eventually. Um, and when you treat your child well, when you um, engage with them personally, when you encourage them, when you let them fail um, on their own, when you, when you do the, the work of being a good parent, of a good father, it's like you're making an investment in them. Mm-hmm. And it may hurt now. It may be harder now. Uh, you may sacrifice a little bit more now. But later on down the line, you're going to get much more. You're going to get yeah. dividends down the line. Yeah. Um, that you wouldn't have access to otherwise. That's how I have to think about it. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I agree with that. And and we could talk about how hard it is, you know, until um, we're blue in the face. You know, oh, is, is we is this this would be much longer than it needs to be. But but I think it's so important for us to remember. It's it's the most noble thing you can do, yeah. and and it's yeah. and it's the most fulfilling thing you can do yeah. to to invest in your children and, um, you know I, um, I'm very thankful for my dad. My dad's not perfect, um, but but he's a really good dad, and you know um, with me getting older, him getting older. Uh, different stuff like that is is I become more and more aware that there's going to come a day, hopefully years and years and decades from now, uh, where my dad's not going to be here, and and that's going to be really hard. That's mm-hmm. something I'm going to be really sad about. And you know what? I'm I'm 
I'm really happy that that thought is so hard and that it oh, makes wow. me so sad because because it, it it speaks to the character of who he is and the impact he has had on my life. And you know what? Mm-hmm. When the day comes and you know I want and, and I go to be with the Lord, I, I want my family to celebrate that. But I also hope they're sad. I, I yeah. hope that the impact that I've had on my children, um, yeah. one day my grandchildren is something where they're like, Man, I wish I wish Dad was still here. Yeah. And but but I also want to leave them in a place where where they're ready to step up and and uh, you know uh, run with the torch just as someday I will have to. Yeah. But but I there's there's so so many hard things we could talk about, um, but we can't forget the joy of it. The joy yeah. of right. seeing you know the them fall down nine times and you know get up that tenth time and succeed and so yeah. so it's it's vital important work it's noble and hey who says you know it's not all going to be fun but who says that being a dad being a mentor isn't going to be filled with a lot of fun yeah. and, and i've got yeah. some different stories about my dad and mentors that, that you know if we can work uh, if they come up uh you'll hear about some fun uh, good. yeah yeah so let's talk a little bit then about some of the things that we do get from uh, that, that that boys get from fathers and mentors. Um, and I, I have a handful of things, a small handful of things. Um, but I wanted to hear from you, Dan, like what, like what is one or two things that you think that fathers do um, not, not on the negative side, which we've been spending some time talking about that, but on the positive side, mm-hmm. like what are, what are values and attributes that, that men, that fathers and mentors can instill in boys and young men? I, I think the first thing that comes to mind is is a sense of confidence, you know, um, to to learn from a dad, from a mentor, to to struggle with something and finally succeed, you know, and and how many times I I can't tell you how many times in my life, uh, my dad's believed in me before I did, you know, mm-hmm. and and encouraged me to keep going until I could succeed, you know, yeah. and then you look back on it and it's like, well, yeah, I, I, I am capable and, and having that confidence, um, especially from young men, you know, as we talked about respect yeah, last yeah. week, being yeah. such an important thing of, of instilling a confidence in us that, mm-hmm. man, I, I love dad. I respect that. And he was right. And, and dad believes in me. I think that's, I think that's a very important thing. Um, I also think at least with a healthy father, healthy mentor, um, they give us a good understanding of boundaries mm-hmm. uh, through disciplining us. Is mm-hmm. you know, as they teach us, you know, where's the line and, and not to cross it. You know, and and that's a very healthy thing. You know, I I, I don't think boundaries um, impede on our freedom. I think they give us um, uh, a lot of freedom within yeah. those. And I, I think confidence and I think understanding where boundaries are is important because yeah. it's one of the things you see with young men without a dad in the home and without a male figures is they, they, they push things too far. They go where they shouldn't, mm-hmm. um, where the likelihood of that happening decreases, especially with young men. It's, it's what young guys do. You know, mm-hmm. we push the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. we go where we, we shouldn't. We stay too long. Um, but but in the last thing I, I really think of is is dads bring security, you know, as, as I harped on it. And, and it's one of the things that I um, 
most love about my dad. You know, mm. um, there's never been a point in my life where I haven't known that if I called my dad and I needed him to come, that he wouldn't drop everything and, and come. Right. And, and having that security that if I get in over my head, dad's mm. going to come and help me out um, is a great comfort. And, and yeah. it does give me confidence. It does allow me to be bold. Um, just last week, I, I was praying about something, and Eric, we may have chatted about this um, before we recorded last week. But uh, I, I was doing some research on, you know, some ideas for different ministries and things mm -hmm. like that. And I was looking at credentials, and I was thinking, man, sakes alive, I got a heart for this. I think I'd be good at it, but I, I don't even have the credentials to get in the door. And what God said to me was, Dan, your dad has them. Is he not going to mm -hmm. help you? And it's like, dad's good. Dad can help me open. Dad can mm. open the door so I can run through it, and um, I think that's a sign of a real good father. Yeah. Um, that that you have, you just have confidence in them, and they've got confidence in you. Yeah, I think that I think that confidence piece is is really good. That you know, the little kids are just learning about the world, and the world's a really scary place. And I remember our oldest, Augustine. As he's gotten older, he, he's also really he's also developed mentally a lot. Um, so had very verbal skills very early. Uh, he's almost really overdeveloped um, in intelligence and some of those things. And man, he just lets his imagination kind of go crazy. And so there was a, a stretch that he was really scared of a lot of things, like scared of the dark. And uh, he could imagine a lot of bad things happening to him. And, and, you know, it's like, it's just crazy because, you know, it's like Sarah and I, we don't watch, like, we don't watch scary things around, you know, we, we don't even have a television in our home. You know, the kids, like, the kids don't even watch, they don't even watch something every day, you know? And so, like, Sarah and I have never watched anything scary around him, but, like, he could imagine some pretty scary scenarios, you know, and he could tell me about them. For me, he needed to know that I was protecting him, that he had that security with me, and that provided him with that confidence uh, that he could go to sleep. That he can, that he can, you know, play a certain game. Um, that he can do something even physically that he doesn't think he can. He knows that I'm right there with him. He knows that I'm helping him. He knows that he might get hurt, but he knows that I'm right there. Uh, that's really, really important. I think some of that confidence comes from um, roughhousing, which I think is so uh -huh. important. One thing I would tell you to make sure you do with your young boys um, is roughhouse with them, because they like. Like my wife kind of roughhouses a little bit, but obviously just in general, of course, we're talking in generalities, you know, in general, the mother's not going to roughhouse near as much as the dad, you know, so I make sure I kind of give my boys a physical challenge when we roughhouse. Like I don't just let them beat me up. Uh, sometimes I do, of course, like I make sure that I kind of push them, you know, and I'll tell them if I tackled him and he's kicking against my chest or pushing his feet against my chest, you know, I'll be like, push as hard as you can. Um, and we also do like also trying to teach them ju some jujitsu moves, you know, so I like talk about like squeezing the neck, you get here and you squeeze the neck and that's how you put someone to sleep. And I'll fall asleep if you squeeze my neck. So it's like this physical development. And if you feel physically strong, if you feel physically strong, if you feel physically capable, that leads to lots of other confidences, right? So, mm -hmm. so it, it's just something about that, that when you're, when you are strong, when you feel good about yourself about your body 
Um, that gives you confidence to do lots of other things, to enter into um, disagreements with people, to state what you want, you know, because you just you feel better. Mm-hmm. So I, I roughhousing is really important because it actually develops physic- physically. Um, it develops them physically, makes them confident that way. But I also think that that can be true with um, like mental toughness and mental development. Like reading with your kids is super mm-hmm. vital. Like and uh, and reading lots of different books with your kids uh, because that gives them confidence. They they just they, they know a lot of things. They can enjoy all this different content. You know, teach them, like, like read good educational books to them because that's going to make them smarter. And if they're smarter, they're going to feel more confident. I think these are all things that fathers have this unique position to offer and to train up confidence in these young young boys. Yeah, 100% agree. And with roughhousing, you know, science even shows us that when um, – young boys and, and even with young girls i see it with my daughter when when they're roughhousing with their dad and something and it activates parts of their brain that mm-hmm. that don't get stimulated by other things yeah. and so so it helps them cognitively um to continue to develop and having that rough housing you know in some of it boys have a lot of energy young yes. guys oh, yeah. <laughs> is they got a lot of yeah. energy and, and and you know they're they want to be rough and tumble. They yeah, want to yeah. do stuff like that. And, and to have someone where they feel safe doing that and having that confidence, you know, even with my daughter, she rough houses with me all the time. Mm-hmm. She always wants to wrestle and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like I said, I, I don't try to do anything to hurt her, but, but I'm, yeah. I'm pretty tough on her is, is I'll, yeah. I'll tell you right now, oh, yeah. my, my girl is going to grow up to be, she, she doesn't need her little brother to fight for. She's going <laughs> to, some guy gets fresh on a date. She's going to knock him Good out. That's, that, that's my girl. But, uh, with little boys, you need it. I needed yeah. it, you know, even into my teen years, you know, um, my dad teaching me to lift weights was mm. uh, huge for me in building confidence, you know, and um, even into high school years, as I remember there'd be times I'd be down in the basement on my bed and my dad would come home and just jump on me yeah. and start wrestling <laughs> me. And it was like, oh, come yeah. on now, old man, yeah. and getting after it. But having some of that confidence, getting that energy out, you know, and and rough housing with your kids is, is a good way to for them to do that right. so they're not you know expressing that physicality in unhealthy ways right you know right. um you know whether that's fights at school um but also helping your sons to to have confidence if there's a bully or something there you know they're much more likely to stand up for themselves if you know yeah. if, if confident in their physical abilities and you know um it's just such a vital thing reading to your kids praying with your kids yeah you know modeling for them um what what it looks like to follow god i i remember it's something it's something i still do but as a little boy i started doing it and i did it intentionally because i noticed when my family was praying my dad would hold his hand uh across the brow of his head and just hold it there and i started mimicking that is is Mm -hmm. we pray and i'd open my eyes and look and dad's doing it and i'd start doing it and and not thinking anything of it then but now looking back on it that there were spiritual disciplines um not not that you have to pray with your hand on your brow or you know it doesn't count but you know one of the things i i noticed driving in the car with my dad is there'd be times my dad would just start singing worship songs 
you know, just on his own. I don't know why. It's something that I do, and it's something that I intentionally do with my children, you know, and it may be I'm feeling really anxious. It may be that my heart's very full, Um, Mm -hmm. and and I don't know what that was for my dad, but but that's something I learned, you know, and there's um, a great quote I uh, heard recently. It's it's, uh, uh, from Paul Scanlon, who's a at least he used to be a, a minister in Great Britain, and, and he's he's phenomenal. Look him up on Instagram. Look him up on YouTube. The the guy's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot more is uh, caught than taught. Yeah. So the example that you set in, mm-hmm. in the way that you conduct yourself, yeah. you, you want your son to grow up, to, to treat his future girlfriends and his wife yeah. with respect, treat his mother that way, you know. Um, it, there's There's just so much... And having that physicality to it, because I think as men, that's part of how God's got us wired. Um, and and young boys, teenagers, they need that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that you know something that I do uh, with my with my older boy, um, because he has a lot of uh, a lot of anxiety, kind of issues, and nervousness and that kind of stuff and so this confidence is something that i've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about um we read the bible a lot uh he has a, we have the jesus storybook bible which is a fantastic bible uh, i don't know if you guys use that uh but it's it's so great so so we use that and uh, you know it has a lot of the kind of typical bible stories um and, but it has a few that that are you know aren't really popular in a lot of kids books um, and one that I'm really glad they have is they have the baptism of Jesus, and then they have his tempting in the wilderness. Uh, and so the baptism, of Je- the baptism of Jesus is, of course, um, he's baptized. The Spirit descends on him like a dove, and then they hear the voice. You know, this is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. And uh, so, so I talk about that with Augustine a lot. Um, and you know, when I when I'm putting him down, you know, we'll say our prayers. And, um, you know, I'll lay him down in bed and, and, you know, I'll just tell him like Augustine, I just, I love how smart you are. I love how funny you are. Um, I love how, how exciting you are and how much fun you have. Um, and I'll tell him, you know, you know, remember when God told Jesus that he's, you know, that he's my, my, this is my beloved son and I'm pleased with him. And I'll just say, Augustine, you're my beloved son and I'm pleased Mm. with you. Um, I, you, you bring me joy. You make me happy. Um, and so that's, you know, that's part of me trying to instill that confidence that yeah. like he knows that I'm on his side. Yeah. Another thing that I do um, every night, uh, I don't always put Augustine down, um, but every night that I do, uh, I always say this is a Eugene Peterson quote, um, you know, but I always tell him, I say, God loves you. And I say this to Ambrose every night. I put Ambrose down most nights. Uh, our younger, our two-year-old, you know, I'll tell them after we say our prayers and I put them down and I'll say, God loves you. He's on your side. He's coming after you and he's relentless. You know, I'll say that to them. Um, and so then we'll talk about that, you know, uh, as, as Augustine got older and he could understand that, you know, we would talk about that. Like God, God being on your side means he's, he's on your team. He's supporting you. He's helping you out. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll be like, just like, just like I am, like I'm on your side and I'm always mm-hmm. here for you. Um, you know, when you, if you fall and hurt yourself, like I'm here, I, I'm here to help you out. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll help you feel better. If, yeah. if you need help with something, I'm here to help you out. Um, and so that's how, that's how we, you know, mm-hmm. I try to model that and try to instill that confidence and attach, help him attach that to God. 
um, yeah. and and provide him that understanding that that's how that's how I feel with God that He helps me, He's on my side, um, He's pleased with me, and so uh, yeah, I think that you're exactly right. A lot of that confidence, yeah. you know, that needs to come from uh, what God's done for us. Yep, one hundred percent. And 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 I do something similar, and and I share this um, because I th- I think it's so easy for us as dads to think that there's one right way. Yeah. And that there's just one thing, but but so much of it is your personality, what 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 fits your kid, who who they are. Yeah. Um. And and so so with I, I've done it with my daughter. I'm going to do it with my son. Um. Similar to Augustine, you're my son, whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. With with my kids, there's three promises that I make them, I and I tell my daughter this pretty much every day. At least I try to. Is is I I tell her, sweetheart. Daddy always loves you. Daddy's always proud of you. Daddy always has your back. Mm. You know, and and those are three things that that if, if outside of her relationship with Jesus, and I think this is tied to it on some level, if she knows those three things, that Daddy loves her, that Daddy's proud of her, Daddy's got her back, it, it's going to instill a sense of confidence in her. Yeah. Not only. And then I hope for my son, not only so that that when they're in situations that they need to rise to the occasion, mm-hmm. they know that. But when bad times come, when bad things happen, yeah. you know, is, is when when they're young people and they make poor decisions. My my hope is that they're um, in that situation. It's not dad's going to kill me. It's I need to call dad. Yeah. You right. know, dad yeah. may not be happy. Dad, mm-hmm. there very likely could be consequences, but Dad loves me. He's proud of me. Yeah. He's got my back, and so so yeah. Dad's going to help me. I need help. I need to call Dad. I need help. Yeah. I need to call on God. Um, mm-hmm. And so so whatever that is for you, whatever that looks like, um, you know, have something that you tell your kids on a regular basis. Something short. Mm-hmm. Something simple that they can call the mind that communicates the love that you have for them and, and the fact that you are on their team, you are on their side, you know. Um, I, I think that's something that is a small thing that dads, if you're looking to become a better dad and you're not doing this, do this one thing and see it, it, it's yeah. going to make a big difference. The other thing you talked about was um, boundaries, a set of boundaries. Yeah. And and I think that's really important too. That you know, uh, this is at least the case in my family, and and unintentionally, my family is uh, Sarah and I always tease. We're we're really not the most traditional people, but our family is very traditional, and it's so it's kind of been un, un uh, it was not we did not intend to be this way, uh, and and in fact, I make sure that I you know help people understand. My wife stays home. Uh, with the boys and I try to I really try to communicate that like like just because we do that doesn't mean that works for everybody and uh and but it seems very typical that it's like yeah we're the pastor pastoral couple and you know I pastor the, <laughs> you know I'm a pastor and she stays home but um, anyway so we're pretty typical and again we're talking in generalities here um so we under we understand that not every family operates exactly the same way not every relationship you know, uh, with a child with their mother, a child with their father is exactly like this. But in general, uh, you know, the mother is the one who's going to take care of you and care for you when you're hurt, hungry, or sad, right? Like mm-hmm. those are going to be the things that, 
that that's what mama's for is that she's going to take care of me and she's going to make me feel better. Um, dads generally dads do that too, of course. Uh, but dads are, are really more primarily the ones who, uh, uh, tend to be a little bit more firm. And I, and at least in my home and I know in general, dads are the one who kind of lay down the law and say, no, when it really needs to be said. And it's really serious, you know, when dad says no. Um, so I know that that's, that's something that I try to cultivate in my boys is that they understand that like, Hey, there's, there are boundaries and there are ways that we do things and there are ways that we don't do things. And so I, right now, because, um, you know, because my oldest one's three and a half, your, you know, your oldest one's four and a half. We talked about this last week that it's like, they're in this like mini teenage phase. It's like they're teenagers in these little, little toddler bodies. Um, and so I have to remind my son, like, I just tell him straight up, you know, Augustine, you, you don't get to tell me what to do. That's not how this Mm -hmm. works. If you want to ask me and most of the time, if he asks me, I give him what he wants, right? Like I love giving him things and I love meeting his needs. The dad's really the one who kind of like is this firm hand. Um, and I think it's really important that firmness. And this is one of the notes that I wrote that firmness is not meanness mm-hmm. that you can be firm without being mean. You don't have yeah. to yell or berate. And I think of Ephesians chapter six, verse four, where it says fathers don't exacerbate your children. Don't just like add on things to make it harder for them. Um, you can be firm. You can teach your kids the difference between no and yes. You can teach them those boundaries um, without being mean about it. But I think that's a really important thing that fathers do. Um, is that they they they're a lot of times they're the enforcers of those boundaries. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I'm so excited at this moment because when, when we first started talking about this series and looking at the outline of the weeks, this is a story that came to mind, um, and I've been waiting for the right time to share it. And, and since we're combining you know, fatherhood with yeah. these male mentors, it, it's yeah. a story of it, probably the most influential male mentor I have in my life. And, and I referenced him last week. His name's John Baggett. Uh, I call him coach. He coached me uh, and and his son, Jojo, who's my best friend in the world in baseball, football, basketball mm-hmm. from like second grade to high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when I was in high school, my senior year in particularly, we had a really good basketball team. I wasn't on it, but I was at every game because we had the rowdiest <laughs> uh, student section. Yeah. And and me and my football buddies really led the charge. We'd paint our faces. We had all sorts of we'd get yeah. all sorts of dressed up. Um, we had really mean chance towards the other team, and and mm. we were fired up. Well, well, our team made the playoffs, and and it was a packed house, and and it was at our school, really close came back and forth, and and I'm you know 18 years old, uh, just in great physical condition um you know really strong just just fired up testosterone filled dumb jock kid and and the game comes goes into overtime and we lose at the buzzer and they had a ton of fans there you know is i think we had a last second shot at it missed it and their fans are talking and and it's mm-hmm. in a, it's a very explosive situation mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and and there's one way out of the gym and rather than having their fans leave than us leave, it was just a free for all, and it was, yeah. it it wasn't good, and and my dad yeah. wasn't there at the game. Um, I think he was out of town, but as soon as the buzzer rang, 
I felt this real firm arm uh, hand on my arm, and it was John Baggett. Wow. And he had a hold of me, and he wouldn't let go. I kind of tried to shrug him off, and because all my buddies are rushing out to go yell mm-hmm. at their fans, and um, there there were some fights. But by the time they broke out, I was out of there. Is wow. he? He had a hold of me, and he just walked me all the way out to my car, got me in my car, and watched me drive off. And and he told me, he's like, Daniel, you're with me. No, you're not going over there. And. Wow. That's something that we need is it, yeah. having those boundaries and enforcing those, you know, it, it teaches our kids respect. It yeah. teaches our young boys no means no. It, it teaches, yeah. it keeps them safe. And that's something that we need because especially yeah. with young men, <clears throat> we need someone to protect us because we're not going to protect ourselves a lot of the time. Right, and right. So, so, Having a John Baggett, having a good father, and it's part of where dads don't feel threatened by strong male mentors in your yeah. son's life. Now, now, if it's unhealthy, if it's abusive, you need to be right. the dad and step in. Right. But but it's a good thing to have right. those guys looking after your kids. So so encourage that. You know, and and you know, help them foster those relationships. But having those boundaries um, mm-hmm. is just so important. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and again, you know, I'll restate what I said earlier that these these mentors are. I think they're necessary. Like I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's a necessary part of growing up is that you have men who are ahead of you in life, in maturity, who are watching out for you and instilling a lot of these same things, a lot of the same confidence that they're on your side. They're always rooting for you. They're there with you. If you fail or if you succeed, um, their, their love for you is unconditional and they can also do this, this work of the boundaries of setting firm boundaries. Um, and since you, you know, you shared that story, I'll share a quick story of my own life where it was uh, a boundary. Um, you know, one of these, one of these, times that someone had to be kind of firm with me. It was uh, a mentor of mine who was our uh, ministry and theology department head when I was in college. Um, so I took, you know, a lot, all my classes with him and he's still a good friend and still my mentor um, to this day. And I was, I was on student government at the time at our college and I was leading this organization that, that put together service projects for, you know, our, our student body. And uh, there was a couple of things that were slipping through the cracks. I wasn't taking all the responsibility I should have um, for, you know, for a few months uh, with this service, with these service projects that we were supposed to be doing and uh, kind of dodging. I was like dodging the calls and the emails from the student government president um, and then the faculty sponsor who was, you know, leading, you know, helping lead the student government. And finally, this mentor of mine, he called me into my office. And of course I wasn't thinking anything of this. I was kind of blindsided by this. Um, and he was like, Hey Eric, uh, I heard that this, you know, this is going on. What's happening. You know, why are you dropping the ball on this? Why isn't, you know, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do here? You know, you made a commitment to do this. Why aren't you doing it? Um, and dude, I was so pissed. <laughs> I was like so yeah. mad. I was so mad. Um, and I and I gave him, I, you know, I gave him a pretty good lashing, verbal lashing, and I gave the student body president a pretty good verbal lashing. And I, man, I don't, I don't know if I apologized to them for that, but I probably should, because uh, they were in the right. Um, but in that moment, you know, that was kind of a wake up call where I was letting some responsibility slide. 
And he just kind of was like, hey, this isn't okay that you're letting these responsibilities slide. And so he was that person who kind of stepped in, right? Mm-hmm. There are these other authority figures um, who were also male, but I didn't have that relationship with them, yeah. you know? So I wasn't, I wasn't going to hear it from them. Uh, but this mentor of mine was able to have this conversation and, and wake me up to the things I, I needed to get done. Um, and that's a way that, again, you know, it's that idea that I knew he was on my side. Like I knew that he was rooting for me and I knew that he loved me and I knew that he wanted me to be successful. And so I could receive that boundary from him, even if it hurt in the moment. Having someone, even if it pisses you off, even if, you know, you're mad at them, you know, that's something that yeah. it, it, just even the way you're telling the story, you know, it's something you look back on maybe fondly isn't the correct term, but in a positive light right, that, that it right. was something where you said you lashed out at him and stuff like that. So you weren't happy in the moment, but you're thankful for it now, you know? Right. And then with John Baggett taking my arm, I was pissed, man. I was so <laughs> mad. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like, if there's going to be a fight, I'm going to be in the middle of it. <laughs> you're um, yeah, you're going to be part of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, 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 you know, if someone's going to instigate it, it's going to be me. Um, but in hindsight, I'm I'm just so thankful, you know, in in what could have just been, you know, a potentially life altering situation, that that he was there, that he saw me, he knew me, he loved me. Um, and coming back to that physicality, John's a big guy, you know, six three, you know, two fifty, something like that. And so when he grabbed me, I wasn't getting away from, him, no matter how strong I was. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's one of my favorite memories, you know, that's something that we have to understand in being fathers and being mentors there, there's kind of that tough love and tough love. So oftentimes I think can be used to mask abuse, right? That, that, that tough love can be emotional abuse. It can lead to physical abuse and that's not what I'm talking about, but tough love that sets the boundaries, that holds the boundaries, that holds, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, a child or a young person accountable is mm-hmm. so needed. And, and, and yeah. you know, it, it may not seem mm-hmm. pleasant. It may not be fun in the moment. But yeah. like you talked about investing, you invest in the hard conversations now and the dividends that you reap years later are, you know, better decision making avoidance yeah. of, of just catastrophic things that could happen. Mm-hmm. And so so having tough love, not abuse, right. but but holding firm boundaries. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. holding young men to an expectation. You know, like your mentor did. Eric, you're not meeting your obligations. And that's mm-hmm. that's something going back to our first conversation that we talked about um, with being a man is yeah. is handling business. And I just want to make one more comment we've mentioned it a couple times, but I want to say it a little bit more clearly that I think that this firmness and setting boundaries, um, one of the key things it does is train, train young men to understand the difference between no and yes. And so, especially in this world where, uh, you know, we're coming out of the, the late 20th century where, uh, consent in sexual relationships was not something that was necessarily needed and consent looks I mean, here here's a good example. Um, Sarah and I we watched Rocky One a few, <laughs> uh, last month, a few weeks Heck ago, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, 
which I love the Rocky movies, and I but I hadn't seen Rocky one in years. I mean, it's been I don't even know the last time I watched Rocky one. I think Rocky three is the best. That's my favorite. Um, but I, I like but I like them all. So anyway, so we rewatched Rocky one, and there's that scene where Rocky and Adrian go on their first date, and Rocky is trying to convince Adrian to give him a kiss, and it is like the most rapey. I, it made us both viscerally uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Because of how inappropriate it was. So anyway, so we're it's crazy to me that back in the seventies or whenever that was shot, like that like that was a little bit more normalized. So that's a big conversation right now about not men not wielding power, men uh, being very careful with their power, with the authority that they have. Um, and what this does is help train young boys to understand no and yes and the difference between them and why it's important. To say no when you don't feel comfortable and be able to understand when someone else is saying no, that they don't feel comfortable. So this firmness t- uh, teaches boundaries and shows and an patterns of male understanding boundaries and and being able to communicate boundaries really well. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's empowering that because yeah. if you know, you know, that no means no, that yes means yes, when, when you're given a yes or given a no, it's... Yeah. Okay, so this is where this is where I'm at. This defines reality for yeah, me, right. you know. And I think some of that also comes back to to fight and entitlement. You know, is mm-hmm. one of the things we talked oh, about yeah. in week one, where where entitlement is not something we want in our kids. You know, um, right. you know, um, my my children, you know, they're entitled to my love. Right. Um, and, and my care, but I don't want them to feel entitled to a lot of things in this life. Right. Um, and in having those boundaries, that no means no. Right. That that when daddy, you know, they ask for something, daddy says no. That means no. Right. And it doesn't mean they're obligated to something. Um, and I I just think there's so many benefits to yeah. doing that. Um, and establishing those things and especially with young men in the world we live in you know where um we see accusations come out all the time you know and 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 at least from what i've seen the vast majority of them are true but there have been instances where it 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 comes out that it's not true and so we have to teach our young men to be so incredibly careful you know, um, is please wait till you're married to have sexual <laughs> yeah. relations. But if you don't wait, if that's something that doesn't happen, you got to be careful, man. You know, is yeah, and it's something to protect them from catastrophic things and and yeah. to protect young women. You know, right. You know, right. mm-hmm. uh, you know that that we don't. We don't want our sons to grow up to be rapists or creeps or anything like that. Well, well, that starts yeah. with us teaching them not to be those things. Right. Yeah, man, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Oh, man, that's so good. Hey, um, is there anything else about fathers or mentors that you want to uh, you want to talk about? Um, I know, I know, in our text, you know, our text conversation. Uh, you had a great idea um, that we wanted to spend some time praying for dads because uh, yeah. we've said a lot, and I know that there's going to be a lot of. Uh, I I know that if I were listening to this conversation, there'd be a lot of emotions swirling yeah. around in my heart, yeah. uh, listening to all this and feelings of conviction and some of those things. Um, yeah. And you know, I mean, there are feeling I have feelings of conviction having the conversation mm-hmm. with you. 
So uh, we we want to spend some time in prayer. But before we get to that, you know, is there anything else you want to make sure that we talk about about fathers or mentors? Yeah, it, and it's 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 corny, and it's from kind of a odd place. My wife and I um, were rewatching Modern Family because I just think that show's really funny, and it's good to laugh at the end of the day. Um, but uh, kind of Jay Pritchard, kind of the uh, he's the grandfather in the family. Um, says something along the lines of, you know, with being a dad, 80% of it's just showing up. Mm-hmm. And while that's not 100% true, it, it there's a lot of truth to it. That mm. dad, if you're there every day, if you're giving the best that you can to your kids, you know, your kids are going to have a lot of grace for you. Have grace right. with yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and if there's things in this that convict you, uh, where you're like, I need to be better. Well, we'll be better, you know. And if you don't know how, figure out how, you know. Whether that's reading books, whether that's going yep. to your dad or going to mentors, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if something in here has really upset you, you know, first thing I would ask is why. You know, look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. You know, is we're imperfect mm-hmm. and and we're young dads, so we're we're yeah. we're learning a lot. Um, yeah. And if something's got you mad you know figure out why you know and and reach out to us um but most importantly feel encouraged you know whether you're a dad to biological kids to adopted kids or you know you're a mentor to um some young man in your life you know is god's placed you in in a position of honor in that and and be proud of it and and Give it everything you have. And if you have to sacrifice, if you have to sacrifice between your family and work, you know, don't pick work too many times, man. Because I, I heard yeah. another quote recently that, you know, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to think to yourself, man, I should have spent more time at the office. Um, you know, and so, but yeah, yeah, Eric, I, I just, just in praying and thinking about this, you know, it's, it's, it's a big responsibility being a dad and i you know i know i need prayer all the time and so i thought it would just be an opportunity for for you and me to to bless the men that are listening um just to spend some time praying for them yeah let's do it why don't you start us off and i'll i'll close us yeah well dear heavenly father we just come before you now lord um and as your word says today is the day that you have made we will rejoice and be glad in it And Father God, I I just thank you, Lord, that you are the example for us, that you are our Heavenly Father, that um, you love us, that, Lord, that you discipline us, that you care for us, Lord. And in this time, we just come before you and we just lift, lift up all the dads, all the mentors that are listening to this. And Father God, I pray that um, this episode would just be a blessing to them. That Father God, that you would convict them where they need to be convicted. Lord, and that you would give them the courage, Lord. And and the fortitude, Father God, to, to be the best dads that they can be. But equally as much, Lord, I just pray that they would just have a sense of your grace, Lord. And that, Father God, that they would know that um, that what they are doing is very noble, that it honors you, Lord. That you would keep them, Lord, 
for making the mistakes of their dad, Lord, as, as we all make our own, Lord. And Father God, I pray that you would help us not to skirt our responsibilities, that we wouldn't give in to anger and frustration, anxiety, Lord, whether that would be through unhealthy behavior toward our children in private or, or just escapism, as Eric talked about, Lord. But that we would be present with our children to make the daily investment in their life, Father God. And finally, them to experience the joy in that position. That being around their children today would just fill them with such love, Lord. If their kids are in bad places, Lord, if, if there's fear and worry, Lord, I pray now that your spirit would give them great courage and faith. That they would surrender their children to you, Lord. And that you would comfort them, Father God. Jesus, um, may we be men of character. May we be, as you command us in Joshua 1.9, we would be strong and courageous in you. We love you, Jesus, and I pray these things in your name. Yes, so be it, Lord. And I, I agree with everything that Dan asked of you. And uh, where two or three are gathered, you know, we can bind and we can loose. And so, Lord, uh, I agree with Dan, and we ask you that you would unleash your Holy Spirit into those who are listening, um, to the fathers who are listening, to the uh, mentors who are listening, to the young men who are listening. And I ask you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would fill them and would do uh, its work of convicting, of cutting us down, um, of using your word to cut us down, to separate um, joint and marrow, to um, cut us deeply, Lord, but then to restore us by your promises. And so I do ask for confidence in our own lives as we uh, have talked about how we can instill confidence in young young men and, and boys' lives. Um, I ask, Lord, that you would do that to us, that we would know that you are on our side, that we would have our faith in you, that we would trust in you. We know that you are um, in our corner, working for us, working alongside us, uh, giving us the energy. And the, um, And I pray that at the end of the day, after a hard day of work, um, Lord, that you would give the energy to the fathers, these fathers who need to be able to deal with their kids, their grandkids, whoever it might be, uh, to deal with them well. Uh, Lord, I ask for patience and love and joy to the Spirit, Lord, as they um, interact with their kids. Um, and Lord, I ask for encouragement, the hard things. Uh, my father's incredibly difficult, Lord. Um, you know how broken has made me, how much of a painful system was for me, Lord, to, uh, to come into health as the father. Um, they come into dealing with my kids in a healthy manner. And uh, Lord, I ask that you would uh, do that work in all of those who are listening. Um, that you do the work of all those fathers and mentors who are listening. That you would do that work of upending uh, their expectations, of upending their comfort, of upending their own um, desires for themselves. That they would turn their attention toward those that they are caring for, um, and especially the young men and the boys in their lives. Um, that they can guide them. And, uh, and do this work of building confidence in them um, by caring for them, by uh, supporting them, by pushing them when they need to be pushed, by uh, holding them when they need to be held, Lord, um, that they can feel comfortable and at peace and safe uh, with their fathers and mentors. Um, and Lord, we ask all of this. We know that you can do these things. Um, and so we ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would enter into these fathers, that they would 
die to themselves, they'd be resurrected in Christ, um, that they would live in the new creation, and they would usher in these young boys into the new creation as well. We'll be careful in all things to give you the glory and honor. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 One one quick thing, Eric, and, and I'll be quiet on the topic, but just while we were praying, um, fellas, if you're listening to this and you got kids, I, I just feel led to, to kind of challenge you. Um, you know, if your mm-hmm. kids are at home, when you get home, um, give them a big hug. Tell them how much you mm-hmm. love them. Um, and, and, and I just sense with some of your kids, there, there's something going on and they just need to know dad loves them. Mm. You know, if you're, uh, you've got adult children or something, give them a call just, just to tell them you love them and, and encourage them. Um, you know, all of our kids need that, but, but there's some guys listening that your kids, they need a hug from dad and they need to know that daddy loves them. So, so that's my challenge to you, men. Go, go hug your kid today when you get home good that's a good place to end it so be it praise the lord thank you dan hey thank you yeah i love you brother appreciate you man i love you too man and thank you all for listening uh today Uh, i hope that you have found this to be both challenging and encouraging um i know that uh that dan and i are always available to talk if you um have any questions or you need any help um, email me at eric.anderson at nllutheran.com. Um, if you want to ask Dan any questions, go ahead, send those to me. I'll get you connected with him. Um, you can email back and forth. I know he'd be happy to do that. So um, stay connected if you need to connect uh, for encouragement or challenge, and uh, we're here for you. Thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, until next time, have a great week, and we'll see you later.